0: The thing that I would tell my, my younger self that my younger self would probably just get kind of annoyed at, and you just go a little bit faster. The thing you don't realize in the early days of a startup is the whole time dynamic. Um, you know, it, time the time you take to do anything affects your growth rate, your burn rate, you know, how often you got to fundraise, hiring. Every day you can move a little bit faster. Um, I mean, it just pays so many dividends, and it just and it's an investment that you start to really recognized many years down the road.
1: From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today we kick off Start Here's first-ever video podcast with none other than Andy Rossmeisel, founder of VSET portfolio company Faraday, which is a leader in AI-based consumer behavior solutions for direct-to-consumer businesses. Welcome, this is Sam Roach-Gerber.
2: And Dave Bradbury.
1: Recording remotely from Vermont, USA. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Small Business Development Center. Welcome, hello, Andy Rossmeisel in the house.
0: Morning. Thanks for having me. We Good are morning, so psyched,
1: Andy. so psyched to have you as our uh, guinea pig for this first ever video podcast. As I was saying, Dave and I are like, who who can we test something out on here? And. Uh, <laughs> Of course, you were first choice.
0: Well, and I I got a chance to show off my new bandana. So there you go.
2: I had some some trepidation this morning as to what sort of version of of demonic (laughs) hairstyle Andy might show up with, and and I, I think you're rolling with sort of the, the very cool data scientist look, so. Yes, yes, Loving there you go, I like Loving that. It. Okay, thank you Dave. Cool
1: data scientist meets like 70s pilot, which is like the
2: sweet spot, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm the, really headset, um, the headset isn't doing me a, a whole lot of good
2: here, but you know. Yeah, we <laughs> we just love how, it. Big, how big are your ears? I think we're gonna have to get a, t- <laughs> a, a view of that. So anyway, Sam, let's jump into this, this is fun.
1: Yeah. Well, let's start off, we'll start you with a low ball here, a nice, easy, soft
0: pitch here.
1: Um, What is Faraday?
0: Faraday is prediction infrastructure for the consumer economy. Um, So, you know, prediction is the new way of doing business and um, it's hard. And uh, Faraday spent eight and a half years perfecting how to predict consumer behavior, not only accurately, but also, also ethically. Um, and it involves a lot of data and methodologies and integrations and a, a huge amount of uh, you know highly scaled technology and we've wrapped it all up into a nice package and we're help you know helping hundreds of brands now make trillions of predictions and uh, get better and grow faster.
1: Awesome. Uh, and how long have you been at it?
0: We started in the uh, fall of two thousand twelve, um, probably. Two weeks until I then called Dave Bradbury asking for money.
2: You should have asked for help first. Okay. <laughs> I knew because I was going to get that. As, as you know, right, you, you ask for money, you get advice. If you ask for advice, you can get money. So it's we'll just there file that go. one for lessons learned. <laughs> Eight and a half years ago. <laughs> hey Andy, could you just sort of define like what machine learning is, and or AI, whatever like your secret sauce is, just so we have a grounding.
0: Certainly, yeah. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of buzzwords out there. I mean, we've we've chosen to really move away from AI and machine learning because you know I think the well has been poisoned in a lot of ways there with those terms. Prediction is really the thing that matters. It, you know, what we're trying to do is anticipate future behavior, and, um, you know, we happen to use, you know, machine learning, which is a form of, of AI to to do that, but ultimately what is important is the, is the prediction, not how we made the prediction. Um, it, you know, in terms of AI, it means artificial intelligence, it's just computers doing a... Um, you know, pretty poor job of trying to mimic the human brain. Um, it's getting better and better, but it's still, you know, as somebody who works with us every day, it's, it's astounding how um, simplistic we, we do have to operate compared to, you know, the ridiculous kinds of um, processing that our three brains are, are doing right now, mostly yours, Sam, but um, you know, it's, uh it's a, it's a, pale shadow but it actually does an amazing job because we can just throw a whole bunch of computers at it all at the same time and um and you know start to find patterns that even our amazing brains couldn't couldn't really latch onto
2: can you just so do you, do you create your own data sets or do you purchase their like how do you what's the alchemy involved here in your 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 algorithms or your methodology because yeah. that's that that appears to be the secret sauce and without well, giving away trade secrets like just
0: no be yeah. here.
2: What what's it yeah. look
0: like? I mean, I'm not gonna give anything away, you know, because uh we're we're a very um you know open book company here. Um you know the the fundamental ingredients you need to do the forms of machine learning that we at, at Faraday um, pursue, you really need two kinds of data fundamentally. You need um historical indications of some kind of event. Um so Somebody bought something and became a customer, somebody returned something or a lead converted, you know, some kind of thing that has happened a number of times that we're trying to anticipate happening again. At the same time, you need some kind of associated characteristic data about all these people doing these things so we can start to try to find correlated patterns. Um, So... You know, it's fairly easy to get the historical event data because the brands that we work with keep very good records. You know, uh, if they're using Shopify to sell things, then Shopify has has all that data. If they're a credit union with their own member management system, then they have their own records of, you know, people opening accounts and and closing accounts. Um, The much harder thing to do is to find out a nice consistent set of Consumer profile data about all of these people, um, and you know, I think one of the things I'm proudest about with Faraday is that you know, eight and a half years ago when we started, uh, my my co-founders Seamus and Robbie and I sat in a little room down in Middlebury, Vermont, and asked ourselves how we wanted to to do that, and you know. 999 out of a thousand tech startups at the time in 2012 would have said, well, let's just scrape it off the web. Right. I mean, that's cheap. It's free. It, it generates a quote unquote proprietary asset, which the VCs will love. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, even back then before folks were really talking about, you know, how invasive that was, we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, I wouldn't want somebody scraping my, facebook profile or like what i'm clicking on or anything like that and so we we said we're not we're just not going to do that and we have we never have and we, we never will here um so you know it, it it took a little more expense it means we have to license our data but it you know means we're working with really amazing companies like epsilon that go through an enormous amount of uh, trouble to obtain consumer permission for all of this data all of which really uh, comes from commercial transaction data, which has always been something that, you know, humans have felt is part of the kind of the public discourse as opposed to um, private conversations. Um, and the other thing that, that Epsilon does that you, know, you really can't overlook these days is they handle opt out, right? I mean, it seems simple, but um, if, you know, if some other startup scrapes your data, you don't know that they did, right? So if you want to tell them that you want to opt out from their system, you don't even know who they are. Um, so, you know, we, we made an odd choice at the time, but I'm I'm really happy we did. And um, we feel much better about our business every day because of that.
1: And I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, helped in the last few years. You know, I, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about, so you kind of already nailed it. But like, you know, ethics and consumer data are such a, a huge topic right now. and I mean, I think you had some foresight there, but you didn't know how big of a deal maybe it was going to be. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like how you've approached that conversation, like publicly, like facing customers and other folks? Like, you know, there is sort of that stigma around consumer data and like, how do you get beyond that and like, you know, build that trust, I guess?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is it is really in the news these days for, um, for brands who are, you know, Faced with this sort of battle between Facebook and Apple, very public battle, um, but you know that battle is just—it's just the part that you see of an ongoing war between you know all of these major technology players and their own kind of you know dwindling proprietary hold over you know their users' private data. Um, it's it's a it's a fascinating topic. I mean the other conversation that we had back in 2012 in the marble works office was, um, you know, are we going to do cookies? Um, And, you know, same time, same, you know, same kind of conversation I had with Robbie and Seamus. We were like, cookies are really creepy. Um, You know, like the, the more, I mean, I've been a technologist my whole life. And, you know, I remember when they came out with cookies and I mean, it was, uh, you know, is super useful, but nobody ever, ever thought that they would mutate and metastasize into this, I mean, shadow economy, uh, tracking every single, every single thing we do. And it's it's just a complete perversion of the technology, but almost an inevitable one. And, you know, we just said to ourselves, we're just not going to do it. You know, we're not going to do cookies. We're not going to do device IDs. Um, you know, we're going to use the identifiers that we all put on the outside of our house or on our mailbox or in the phone book. You know, these are things that we feel comfortable sharing It ways that, you know, thing, things we feel, feel comfortable, you know, giving to other people to communicate with us. And so, you know, again, an odd choice for a tech company in 2012, but um, we did somehow stumble into, you know, getting ahead of a lot of this conversation right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things you look back on, you're like, Phew. Well, yeah, totally. Um, well, one of the things that I find most fascinating about Faraday is just your customers. Um, yeah. so if you could talk a little bit about who they are and like any surprises, you know, like thinking back in 2012 and who you thought and wanted your customers to be, is there anything like, Ooh, we didn't know about that. And it's, you know, kind of a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the, you know, one of the things that you might not know about Faraday is that when we started in 2012, Robbie and Seamus and I had just come from many years at my first startup, which is in the sustainability space, Brighter Planet, also started in Vermont, um, also with a ton of help from, from VSET. And, um, you know, we, uh, we were trying to pursue the same goal, um, which is essentially to accelerate clean energy economy adoption, um, but through a different angle. And we decided we wanted to just help solar companies. Um, And for the first several years of Faraday's existence, that's pretty much all we did. We were working with nine of the top 10 solar companies. We were funded with a million dollar grant from the Department of Energy. Um, You know, every single day we'd come into the office, we'd be looking at Um, different utility service territories, um, and trying to identify through combinations of obvious financial factors, but also less obvious, you know, uh, psychographic factors and other things, um, which of the, you know, 150 million homes out there in the country would be likely to throw some panels on the roof, Um, you know, at the time was a very needle in the haystack business. And as big as people think solar is right now it it, it really is still a very small um, industry and penetration is very low in most places um so it, it was uh it was an amazing way to start because you know we were naive enough to think that that would be a big enough market forever for us which allowed us to really focus um and learn you know Things, obviously, like the way the industry works, but honestly, trivial things that you might think don't matter, like just special terms that are used by solar installers, you know, kind of slang. Every industry has got its lingo, and it's amazing how much more quickly you can get through a sales process if you just use the right word to describe a certain thing. It just, you know, validates, um, you know, your reputation. Uh you know, we we quickly then, uh, you know, maybe it was 2015 or so started to diversify beyond solar. But um, you know, we still work in the solar industry. It's still our passion, and um, we're we're very glad that's how we got our start.
2: And, and today, yeah. most of the customers are uh, in the direct to consumer. I mean, that was a whole um, emergence that that came along, right, where you could sell razor blades or couches or. Things that traditionally was in a physical store went went direct to consumer. So, we did you see that coming, that trend, or, or were you just you know in the right place at the right time with the right yeah. sort of approach? You know,
0: I, I don't I don't necessarily see a lot coming. For, you know, for a prediction company, it's uh, I guess that's kind <laughs> of ironic. Um, but uh, no, I don't think so. I mean. You know our first direct-to-consumer company that we worked with was burrow it's still a uh, great client of ours they make couches that you can send through the mail and put together and move around and they look gorgeous and are very reasonably priced um and that was honestly just because um rachel boyle one of our very first hires uh in sdr at faraday who's um now an all-star account manager for us um just like burrow and just Sent him an email. Um, this was this was back uh, in, in 2015 when we had um, three SDRs who were literally throwing up everything up against the wall that they could uh, to see what would stick. We still we do a lot of work in, in D2C. Um, you know, primarily uh, Faraday works in in three different categories: consumer goods, which you know initially was a lot of d but it's it's amazing how um, you know older brands who weren't necessarily digitally native are you know, wanting that just as much these days. So we work with a, with a lot of them. Um, and then the second category, uh, you know, that has been um, just really promising for us. And, you know, a full third of our business these days is in financial services and insurance. And, you know, that's everything from, uh, you know, FinTech kind of new forms of lending um, and and also, uh, you know, big old insurance companies, you um, and then credit unions, a lot of them sort of halfway in between. And then the final category is home services, which is where the solar, you know, work is. But um, we also do a lot of work in real estate, real estate tech, smart home, home security, things like that. So three different groups at Faraday all came originally from solar and then just kind of seeing what worked and who resonated with our message. And, um, you know, Rob Trail, our COO, was able to come in 2016 and um, really start uh, building some structure around a lot of the chaos we had uh, we had produced.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that you know that focus that you're able to have by starting in solar, like that. I know you mentioned that, but that is just so true. Like getting that messaging down, really understanding your customer, um, and then being able to like repeat that in other industries. But like, I think one of the mistakes you know we see with especially with you know um companies like yours that have this brilliant technology is they're like anyone could use this you know and they like that kind of gets stuck in their head and then it's like um you know drinking from a fire hose to try to get customers and so i think that you know that narrow start may have been one of the you know the greatest ways that faraday could have gotten started
0: yeah i mean again i'm not it wasn't a genius plan of ours it was just you know not having the mental capacity to really think bigger um you know the the technology doesn't care right it, i mean the technology doesn't know what it's predicting you know semantically so uh, it's very tempting i would say to somebody smarter than us you know to just go go big right from the beginning um but it, the, the technology is the easy part you know it's like I mean, I'll tell you something we did um early on, you know, we would go to these uh, solar industry trade shows every year, you know, religiously for the first, you know, four or five years of, of Faraday. And I forget who had this kind of stupid idea to to wear lab coats. So, you know, we were data scientists, and so we were gonna wear lab coats. And uh it was this dumb gimmick, but you know, the first year people were like, Who are these lab coat guys? And but then the second year Everybody is like, "Oh, it's the lab coat guys." Um, and you know, because of that, we can go. I mean, we still have the lab coat sitting around. We go to a solar, you know, event, throw the lab coats on, and and everybody. Got knows street cred.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Andy, do you think if you had combined the red bandana with the lab coat, then that your success would have accelerated by by three or four years? the billion dollar bandana that's that seems to be the killer combo right there so um hey you mentioned robbie and seamus oh sorry you mentioned robbie and seamus as co-founders um yeah um do you think what's the advantage of having co-founders like we just stuck with them from the prior company or was this there was some intentionality around wanting the the benefit of a of a team
0: Oh God, I don't know what I would do without my co-founders. You know, Rob, I actually know this. Um, It's a very recent anxiety because uh, Robbie, uh, congratulations to his family, just had another baby. And um, uh, yeah, Lee, um, who we've just welcomed to Vermont, another new Vermonter. Um, And uh, you know, he took some time off to be a good dad and Ooh, that that is hard. I mean, you know, it's like three legs of a stool, and then all of a sudden, you're getting a really good core workout, balancing, balancing on two um, for a while. So, you know, it's it's you know the you you only read about the the glamorous kind of um, Elon Musk sort of uh, high flying, uh, seat of your pants cowboy kind of stuff in the startup world, but it's it's mostly. I mean, there's a lot of dark times, you know, you're running out of money or you lose a big client or something. And, um, you know, there's practical reasons to have co-founders. You know, Seamus is the, you know, technology genius. Robbie could sell anything to anybody. Um, and uh, so we were very complimentary. But what it really is, is just like when, when things are when things are tough, you know, you've got some really good friends that you can you can get through it with. Yeah.
1: Dave, you you okay? The timing's tough there. I'm uh, I'm going out Hi. on maternity leave at the end of the June, Andy. So if you could just, yeah. just tread lightly on that subject. I I,
2: I am effing panicked. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh,
0: we um, actually just announced our our parental leave policy yesterday. we never had one at Faraday, um, but we've got twelve weeks for for. Um, for the primary caregiver or birth mother, so um, very proud of that. Um, got some great inspiration from Sasha at, at Mamava and a couple of other Vermont businesses, and um, very, very proud to be able to support our employees that way.
1: That's awesome, Andy. We love to hear that. Um, and then, so that I mean, I think that your your sort of founder trio speaks to this, but like your team is still growing very quickly. Um, tell us about hiring at Faraday. Um, you know, you guys have gotten some all-stars. Um, so what's your, what's your sort of secret there?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, our secret weapon on the technology side is Seamus. He, he, I mean, uh, has this way of, um, kind of discovering talent in Vermont and, um, you know, he, he sends people emails that are just very straightforward. They're like, let me just tell you about some wild sort of dilemmas I've had to confront on the tech side over the last week. And here are the, all the different tools we brought in to solve it. And these emails have unbelievable response and conversion rates. Um, and, you know, then on, you know, on the rest of the teams, it's just being out there coordinating with all the amazing schools we have in the Burlington area and, and elsewhere in, in Vermont. Um you know just trying to have a good culture and um you know we're not a big company there's 55 56 of us maybe 57 as of yesterday and um you know but it's a small state and i think our rep you know reputation is important um you know hiring until recently was quite chaotic we uh you know didn't really know what we were doing but we just hired this fantastic uh, woman bailey burns to run hr for us and. HR is one of those things that until you have somebody in the seat, you never really realized how um, behind you were. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's hiring. As I consider it, sort of the most important thing I do every day. Um, You know, we're supposed to hire another twenty people this year, and if you do it right, you know, then you're then you don't even need a bandana. You're going to be a billion dollar company either way. Um, And you know, if
2: you do it wrong, you know, you're screwed. So. um, Yeah. Key. so 57 57 people today hiring mm-hmm. another 20 um for the for yep. the plan so that's yep. awesome um at what number of people do you wish you had hired bailey or brought in the hr specialist yeah. just as a yeah. learning for other founders out there yeah i would
0: say you know 20 25 people you got to bring in um somebody to, to do hiring you know we're very, very blessed to have good retention at, at Faraday, just because I think we have we do really cool stuff, um, and um, you know we've just got great people. Uh, but uh, that's just that's just kind of luck, you know. Um, I think uh, we we're kind of you know coasting a little farther than we should have, you know, having somebody who is seriously thinking about benefits, and you know, if people are having trouble with stuff or they're not getting along with a colleague or something, you know. Um, I think it's easy as founders to, um, to just kind of have rose colored glasses and just remember when it was only three people and then four people and five people and, oh, it's also collegiate. And I had, uh, I had uh, uh, an employee, you know, I was talking with um, back in um, January who was like, Andy, just, you know, just remember that, you know, not everybody was there at the beginning and that, you know, you may still feel this collegiate kind of, you know, thing with everybody in the company, but it doesn't mean that everybody in the company feels that with everybody else. They, they weren't all there. Um, so it was kind of an eye-opening experience, and um, it coincided with, with Bailey coming on. And, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to, you know, go through our growing pains here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think back organizationally, I mean, you you, you were you worked out of the VSET courthouse, our, mm-hmm. our office in Middlebury for a bit, and had a small crew, and then... Yep probably get up to 11 or so people here at set downtown in burlington yep. for a spell then you started sucking up all the conference rooms and thank god you moved into <laughs> pine street and got your own culture because that's about the right time yeah when a, a team needs that we've seen this time and time again sam right and it's part of the evolution start scale share and then you know get your own walls so that yep. you can focus on your own culture your own sort of pace and cadence. So um gosh darn it, Sam, they grow up. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: know. I hate it. I hate that part. I know it's like what we're supposed to do, but it's always it's always hard, you know? Uh, um,
0: if you really want us all in there screaming and yelling in the rooms and we can come back. Uh you know, I don't I think we'll at the time over
2: <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh we'll circle back on Okay, that. yeah, circle so, back. Yeah, great. Hey, uh Middlebury College. Yeah. A few of the founders, a bunch of the team came out of there. So how's that college and all of its entrepreneurial zeal, how's that helped uh, oh my, oh
0: the organization? My uh, it's it's a it's just a constant wellspring of talent, energy. I mean, what Heather Newworth is doing over there and um, just fostering this, you know, panoramic range of of um, you know entrepreneurship and innovation programs. Um you know it it's I think a lot at a lot of schools, there'd be kind of one way they approach innovation. And I think you know part of Heather's genius is like recognizing that there's a lot of different kinds of people, and they all engage with innovation differently. and um, you have to support all of them if you you know if you if you want to do your job. Um, and as a result, you know we get people. Coming through Middlebury, I mean, every, every year we were hiring people who just graduated as interns, and then the interns stay. And um, and I just got an email from a professor who runs the, the new data science program at Middlebury, and they've got a if you can believe this, there's a data science club uh, now at at Middlebury, and they just reached out You're saying like, we want to no. do some work for you. Um, so. Um, you know, it's it's the college is amazing. They did such an incredible job with COVID this last year. Um and I think it's just kind of reflective of the, you know, the the wonderful culture they have there. And we're we just keeping very lucky that are they're in our state.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, Andy. Um and I'm glad you still have a lot of folks down in Madison County. We we're we're big fans, obviously.
2: Oh yeah. Um
1: actually reporting live from Madison County, aren't you? Sure thing,
2: so. Yeah,
0: Waybridge.
1: Awesome. Um that you you just mentioned COVID and I think we sort of have to touch there a little bit. Uh, how has COVID impacted Faraday?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh culturally it's been hard for the company. You know, we Dave was just talking about our kind of beloved office space in in the Maltex building on Pine Street and it's an old old factory space. It's pretty uh raw around the edges, but you know, we like that and um you know, we've got Daedalus and Myers and Speeder and Earls and, you know, Great Harvest and there's just this whole kind of like, you know, uh, kind of community down there and our employees, I think, have always really appreciated being able to see each other. And I mean, so many friendships have started our company because we are all working together and had to kind of tear that out pretty abruptly. Um, We still have the office space and people still go in there, but they have to be isolated in different suites. And so, you know, it's been hard. I mean, we, you know, we've hired so many people over the last, you know, 14 months since we locked down the office and um, you know, they just don't really know each other very well or, or us, and we do our best, but um, it would be very hard, I think, to be a new new employee at any company right now and try to get onboarded remotely. We're very, very excited to, um, you know, hopefully the summer after there's a lot of vaccination, um, get back together. Although I will say that I don't think we'll ever go back to everybody full-time in the office every day. People have actually been really enjoying working from home, so we've got to find a balance. For the for the business itself, COVID, um, you know, it was incredibly rocky Q2 last year. Um, and there wasn't really anything COVID did that, like, directly, rationally um, impacted um, our, our business in our area negatively, but everybody just got super hesitant. Um, you know, everybody was waiting on you know contracts and expenditures and um, investments and so um, there was definitely a, a kind of a moment of reflection q2 last year um, and uh, you know we we luckily had a, a really a really really good year for for growth for the company and it ended up in a tough year um, and it really is basically just because our team came together fought through adversity um, we were able to bonus everybody at the end of the year because they they uh, were able to fight through some pretty ambitious stretch goals we had set, um, and you know the whole the whole team deserves really all the credit for for us making it through. And we ended the year in really an incredible place as the company financially stronger than we've ever been, um, amazing you know growth brands, um, and uh, we're able to really hit a running start here in in twenty twenty one.
1: So awesome. Um, yeah, I think you've, you've shared a lot of the challenges that many companies have had. And that's, you know, I think some of those things will make us stronger and, and bring in policies that we never thought would be possible, Yeah, which is great. Um, Dave, I, I think we're getting there.
2: We are, but I have one quick question, though. Um, sure. This is, if you could talk to your younger self, okay, yeah. going back a few years as a leader in the company, Um, what lesson have you learned that, oh my God, had you known it five or six years ago would have just made things that much easier or less stressful.
0: Uh, that's a good one. I mean, I think the, um, the thing that I would tell my, my younger self that my younger self would probably just get kind of annoyed at, um, but nevertheless, I would just say it, which is just like, and you just go a little bit faster. Um, and you know, we, um, we've always cherished good work life balance at Faraday and that's important. I'm not suggesting that that's, you know, something we'd want to compromise, but, um, you know, the thing you don't realize in the early days of a startup is the whole time dynamic. Um, you know, it time, the time you take to do anything affects your growth rate, your burn rate, you know, how often you got to fundraise, hiring, um, and every every day you can move a little bit faster, um, obviously without compromising quality or anything like that. I mean, it just pays so many dividends, and it just and it's an investment that you start to really recognize many years down the road. Um, so, you
2: know, next time, next startup, um, faster. Perfect, perfect. Sam, do you have a a quick little question? For a Andy, quick
1: little, I have a I have the big, the big
2: question, for Well, oh, oh, jump, jump, jump to it, then. <laughs> jump to
1: it, um, Andy. If you could change one thing in Vermont today, the magic wand, what would it be?
2: Oh, um, well,
0: I guess V set recapitalization is probably. Um, you know, we'll just say that that is. Uh, you know uh <clears throat> number one but number two um you know uh, i i would say that the state has has a has a i think looming problem with um an aging population and um we see this you know there's a um there's a reverse gravitation away from vermont for people graduating and um you know i don't I don't know the solution yet, but I think it starts with a lot of companies like Faraday who are able to attract young people you know uh, young people want to be you know it's funny you, you talk to people graduating now and they don't really care about the comp they don't bring up money um uh, they just they want to learn new things every day and it's not every kind of company where you can do that at so I'm just so excited that you know companies like biocognitive and you know beta and you know really interesting companies doing groundbreaking things are starting in the state um, I think building is always the way um, out of you know most problems and I think that's the that's the thing the state needs to do and there's obvious things like you know transportation telecommunication that will help all that um, but that's just where we got to keep, keep our eyes at and so that's why recapping v said has got to be you know near the top of the list. Um, that's how we got started. We wouldn't have been here without you folks. And um, I'm just worried that the next dozen, two dozen companies like us aren't going to have that early advantage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're, we're worried about it too. And we're working hard at it. And I, I think, you know, with over $2 billion in stimulus and recovery funds going through Vermont, um, if we're not able to put aside five or ten million dollars to go seed seed and syndicate capital around first time founders or early yeah, stage man. founders, um, it's a piece of capital infrastructure we're going to regret for a generation. I mean, it it it's too bad. We will. Um, we will. There. You know. Yeah. But. Boy, I, we'll send in a high, but the good news is we're trying. We're in the legislature and they're talking about it. So, um, Andy, thank you so much for uh, finding a clean bandana and pressing it this morning. It does look like the iron was out, Sam. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And we really appreciate your sharing a little bit of Faraday's story and and yours. You this got has it. Been start here. You got it. This has been start here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series is supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. This particular episode is brought to you by the Vermont Small Business Development Center. The SBDC offers no-cost expert assistance to small business owners and entrepreneurs across Vermont. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, write a review, check out Faraday's career page, um, and share it. Thanks for listening. Let's go protect our data, and let's get back to work. (laughs)